Hello, and welcome back to Success Quest. Become your best self and join the revolution to success. Hey, Questers, it's Jacob here, and today we have a real treat for you. I was able to interview Kat McLeod, and wow, does she have a story for you. Just a quick warning if you happen to be listening and children are around, this episode does contain some adult topics, uh, so you may want to listen when they're not listening. Kat has an amazing story. She goes from being abused and being in the sex industry all the way to being a successful entrepreneur helping mother entrepreneurs. And honestly, you just have to hear the story for yourself. So without further ado, we'll get right into it. Welcome back to Success Quest. I'm really excited for this episode. We have Kat McLeod here, and she has an amazing story. And I'm really excited to dig into it. How are you doing today, Kat? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing good. It's It's been a busy day, but a good day. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean... Just to get us started, you have an incredible, amazing story. You've gone from one place and completely ended up in another place. So I'd like to hear that, and I'd like our audience to be able to hear that. What's what's your story, Kat? I come from a household where I was severely abused. So growing up, I was belittled. I was constantly in fear for my life. I thought I was going to be murdered. I was threatened to be murdered. And I really thought I might be. And I was told I was stupid. I was worthless. What's wrong with you? You're too fat. You're too wrong. Everything was wrong. And I believed it. I was a small Mm -hmm. child and I believed it. That was my world. And I escaped that by going off to college and working my way through college with being a stripper. And it was a way that I could earn a lot of money. And it gave me the confidence to go off on my own and move to Los Angeles. In LA, things were different than in the Midwest. And there's uh, lap dancing here. And I wasn't down with that, especially since my father used to abuse me. So Mm -hmm. I answered an ad at the age of 21 to be a dominatrix. And they advertised no sex, no massage, no touching. So I was like, okay, let me check this out. I had seen it in the movies. It seemed cool. And it really was. I actually really enjoyed it for the first six months. I was young. It felt rebellious. It turned the tides on the abuse that I had suffered. I was making killer money. And it was it was just like wild and fun. And after six months, I completely burned out. I hated it. So I decided to do only what I most enjoyed or tolerated the most inside the world of BDSM. And I knew that I would have to get a quote unquote normal job because it was like 5%, maybe 10% at most of my dominatrix business. And instead, the opposite happened. My business exploded. I actually wound up over doubling my original rates by a long margin and having consistent clients. And I had a multiple six-figure business at the age of 22, bought my first property in Los Angeles at the age of 23, and really wow. found out that the riches are in the niches. I totally did it on accident. It was just like mo- what I can most tolerate. And instead, niching down enabled me to have a very, very lucrative business. Even though I was making a lot of money, I hated what I did after the first six months. Again, it was the same story. The first six months, like exciting, new. I was like making killer money. 
And then the next four and a half years, I hated it. I felt unpurposeful. I felt ashamed. I would hide what I did. I had a cover story. I just felt like I was wasting my life. What my purpose was just came up over and over and over again. And I finally I, qu- I quit a couple times and kept going back because the money is so good. And I had a right. lot of regulars. So I got hired by one of my regulars into his corporation and I did really well in corporate. It was, I, I used my skills in an entrepreneur, a self-starter to blow up a, a portion of his company that's still successful to this day. But I hated working for somebody else. I did not like reporting to a boss. He mm-hmm. tended to micromanage and I just wasn't down with it. So I decided to go get my master's in psychology. During all of this crazy time, I did a lot of therapy to get my head back on straight. I wanted to go back, get my master's, help myself and help other people. And as my second year graduate school project, I chose helping women transition out of the sex industry for obvious reasons. I knew Mm -hmm. what it was like to make hundreds, if not thousands of dollars an hour. And I knew that my clients trying to transition out, transition out, they had already tried multiple times because the money lures you back in. And that's how I became an accidental business coach. I say accidental because I was getting my master's in psychology. I planned on being a counselor. What happened was I had to get these women into high profit entrepreneurship where they made high profit for the time spent. And guess what? I knew that niching was the key to this because I had done it myself at age 22. And that's how I built the profit and purpose framework because purpose was extremely important. If it was just about profit, we were all making huge amounts of money in the adult industry. So that's why that purpose piece is hugely popular and important. And now 13 years later, I work with moms and the same profit (laughs) and purpose framework that I used to help sex workers transition out of the adult industry, I use with moms. And people laugh at this when I compare (laughs) busy moms with sex workers, but we all want high profit for the time spent. And and now that I work with moms, we want to be mom first. So that profitable, purposeful business is really important. And I also add in my third P, pleasure. So I'm really about profit, purpose, and pleasure because I believe that you really need pleasure and purpose to have a sustaining, long-lasting business. And as moms, we output so much energy. You're a dad. You know it's a huge output of energy. (laughs) So I use my business for my own personal pleasure and I have my clients start businesses that provide them personal pleasure so that they can be filled up, be individuals and have more to give to their families. Wow. <laughs> like I said, and it's an amazing story. I mean, there's a huge transformation there. There's a huge contrast between where you were and where you are now. And let's dig into just a little bit more of that. Um, let's start back at the beginning. So abuse. That is a difficult topic. It's something that is super, super hard to talk about. And honestly, I just feel for anyone out there who's struggling with it because it is something that is intense and painful and super hard. What would you say to someone who might be experiencing or be in an abusive relationship or have an abusive parent or be in any sort of abusive relationship? How, what would you say to them and what could you do to help them? You're not alone. Unfortunately, there are so many of us that were abused by our parents, somebody we trusted, maybe even our spouse to this day. And it's okay to get help. I encourage you to get help and you can still create the life Mm -hmm. of your dreams. And 
it is challenging. It's messy. I, the, my biggest challenge in my life has been overcoming those negative voices, poison, toxic messages that I still, yeah. you know, 20 something years later of leaving my father's house still struggle with to this day. I have to mm-hmm. catch myself and reframe. If you're currently in an abusive situation, please get support. Support is so important in moving out and know that this is all your abusers, S-H-I-T, and not yours. <laughs> it's not about you. And you yeah. can still go on to create your life because what I left out is I told you that I'm working with moms, but I forgot to mention that I'm now a millionaire living a dream life in a really happy family. I've been married to my husband almost a decade. He's amazing. He would never lay a hand on me. I did not repeat the past. We're super close. My son is healthy. We live in our beach home in sunny Southern coastal California. And I created this life and it was messy along the way. And so can Mm -hmm. anybody who is in a situation that is abusive or maybe they're an ex-drug user or whatever. My passion is really helping people who feel like because of X, Y, and Z, they can't go ahead and create a dream life. Like it was easy for Kat, but I can't do it. And it's simply not true. Mm -hmm. It's not easy. It's messy. And you just have to put one foot in front of the other. It sounds so cliche and it's still the truth. You just do it messy and you just keep going. Yeah. No matter what the situation is, you can always, you can always get out of it. Um, and did you completely sever that relationship with your dad then? Are you guys still on talking terms? Um, I know that sometimes it's necessary to cut someone out of your life. Is that what you had to do in this situation? My father is basically cut out of my life, except that he's still married to my mother, who I mm-hmm. am close to, not as a, not in childhood, but as in adulthood. And uh-huh. I don't completely keep my father away from my son because that's my son's, like, I want him to have a grandfather, but we don't. Right. Like we're not close. We've gone on family vacations where we stay in separate rooms or separate separate suites, like mm-hmm. on cruise ships. And he's good to my son. So as long as he's good to my son, because my dad wasn't all awful. He was abusive. He had a raging, horrific temper. And besides that, he could be fun. So it's even mm-hmm. more confusing. So yeah. as long as he treats my son with care, which he has, then he's allowed to be in my life. But like the last time I saw him, he crossed my boundary and started yelling at me. I'm 42 years old. (laughs) Yeah. He kicked out of my house. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. (laughs) I I think that you have to really, I mean, relationships are important, right? And as a father, like I I definitely want to be involved in my children's lives. And, but at the same time, you have to do what's right for you and you have to protect yourself and your family. And, and so that's, that's super interesting. There's a fine line where you have to kind of be there. Um, so moving on, um, to, to the whole stripper sex, um, working, what exactly is a dominatrix? Obviously I do not know anything about this industry. (laughs) It's something that I'm completely out of the loop on, but just for the, all of those like me who have no idea what in the world is a dominatrix? I honestly think that is so cute. A dominatrix. I mean, most people have seen it in popular television, you know, what BDSM is in like shades of gray. It's become kind of popular in culture, but like a traditional dominatrix is somebody who dresses up in leather and it's associated with whips and chains and being in charge and dungeons and things like that. I was 
always like way softer core than that because it's not truly something I'm into. Hey, if it's something that you're into, good, great. <laughs> like, you know, it can be a great business if you're really actually into BDSM. Like, it's a killer business. You make a lot of money doing something that you're having fun doing. It just wasn't something I was into. So it's, it's, I've been so removed from the world in so long. I can't even remember what it stands for, but it's bondage, submission. Sadomasochism. So you have a submissive, you have a dominant. People do this in their personal lives, not necessarily professionally. And however, there are a lot of professional dominatrixes. It's just fantasy. So the professional dominatrixes, they get paid in order to carry out the fantasy of their submissives or whoever is paying them. As a matter of fact, this is interesting to note, this might be way above your head since you're not really familiar with BD. <laughs> but a lot of my clients who came to see me as a dominatrix, they were dominant in their normal life. And they actually came to me to not be dominant for that hour because they were heads of businesses. They had like high pressure jobs. And as a submissive, they just got to relax and be told what to do. And that hmm. was relaxing for them. Interesting. Well, yeah, as you can <laughs> tell, I'm, I'm completely removed from that world. <laughs> um, but so the interesting thing to me is that transformation. So you were in this world, you were making lots of money. Lots and lots of money. And you said that you tried to get away from it multiple times, but you kept coming back. And I'm assuming that's because of the money. Um, it's probably hard leaving an industry like that, trying to do something different. But then that money kind of just keeps calling your name, right? Um, what was it that finally kind of encouraged you and motivated you to, to get out of it for good? I, I couldn't do it any longer. I had a raging eating disorder during all of this time. Like I told you, I think I was going to therapy twice a week. I hated my life, even though I owned my own place and I was making lots of money and I could splurge on everything I wanted, including travel, facials, massage, everything, all the stuff that money could buy eating out every day. I never cooked during that time. I owned like in my refrigerator, I owned lettuce for my pet rabbit and soy <laughs> milk, like all of those years, maybe an avocado for real. And I just felt so unpurposeful that mm -hmm. I just couldn't take it anymore. And one day I just I just decided that was it. And I actually reached out to one of my regulars of five years and told him I was like on a breaking point because some of my regulars had noticed that I had become increasingly unhappy because mm -hmm. these yeah. are people that knew me for years. And at first I told you, I found it really fun. Five years in, I did not find it fun. I was getting, I was on the brink of depression, if not seriously depressed. However, I'm just such a hustler back then and a hard worker it was like so hard to turn down money. I was making hundreds and hundreds of dollars an hour and it was hard to turn that down. Mm -hmm. And one day I just had enough. It was, it was right. It was around the same time that I broke up with my then boyfriend and released my eating disorder. So it was like a huge, just like, I had enough. I couldn't continue to live that way. I, I could not do it anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and there's definitely a couple of lessons in there. I mean, one, it's cliche, but you hear people say money can't buy happiness, right? And obviously, I mean, this is proof that money does not <laughs> equal happiness. Being Having money, being in a position where you can go do whatever you want doesn't necessarily bring happiness. Do you have any thoughts on on that cliche comment? 
Yeah, I want to bring up that now I have I'm I'm a millionaire and it I love having money. I love making money. I love mm-hmm. traveling. I love staying in suites. I we just got back from Hawaii. I love doing all those things and they make me happy. However, I'm doing work that's fulfilling now. Mm-hmm. I have a really close family. I feel super proud about what I do. Back then, I was feeling unpurposeful. I was feeling ashamed. I kept things hidden. Now there were probably other people doing exactly what I was doing, but they just owned it. They didn't feel hidden. It didn't feel bad for them. Mm -hmm. And they could be rocking that money and feeling great. It wasn't right for me. So we're all individuals. So to go back to the cliche, it definitely is true that money does not buy happiness if you don't find it purposeful and profitable. However, If you do and you're like in integrity with the money you're making like I am now, money feels great. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not going to lie about it. Uh, Money feels amazing. We're going to watch the sunset over the ocean very quickly. And I feel (laughs) great about the house that I live in that I put the $450,000 down payment for. I love watching the sunset over the ocean on a nightly basis. I love traveling the world. So money is a great tool for happiness and no, it doesn't buy it. If you're mm-hmm. unhappy, throw a bunch of money at it, or you're just in business to make a lot of money and you don't give a what you're doing with it, you're going to find out that you don't love your business. Yeah. Yeah. I think that a big part of happiness and fulfillment is, do you like what you do? I mean, and do you have things to live for? Do you have some sort of purpose, right? You mentioned family and you mentioned, I mean, kids, like if you have a purpose, then that money sure is great because you can go do things and you can have fun and you can not have, you don't have to stress and worry as much. But if there's not some sort of fulfillment or some sort of purpose, money's not going to fix that. It's not just a throw money at it and it's fixed. I think that's really, really interesting. And going back real quick to the whole um, sex work and nominatrix did was there some sort of um moral thing going on there or was it mostly just you didn't feel fulfilled you didn't feel like you enjoyed your work there was no moral thing for me because i wasn't mm-hmm. having sex with my clients right that was like a, a hard stop for me that i personally would not feel comfortable with mm-hmm. if i were then that would be a moral thing like what i did it it didn't feel immoral it was not illegal Mm-hmm. I found a way to make over a million dollars in the sex industry with having sex with no one. And I, <laughs> I rock that in my marketing to this day like with my <laughs> online marketing. And it's kind of funny uh, that I was able to do that. I just didn't, it didn't feel purposeful. I was mm-hmm. not using my brain. I mean, maybe you could say I was like counseling some of my clients, you know what I'm saying, but mm-hmm. I I, it, the more important thing is I did not feel like I was on purpose. Yeah. So that's why I always put that caveat. If there are some people that would like, there are some people who love BDSM in their personal life and maybe they could rock being a dominatrix and have the best business profession, like totally in alignment <laughs> with their personality, but that wasn't me. Yeah. So, and I, I just like, go, like going backwards a little bit about the no money. I want to point out that money is a great tool. It is. Mm -hmm. So I just don't, I don't want to leave your listeners with us like poo-pooing on money because a lot of people have money mindset issues and they really think, oh, wealthy people, they're evil. They're on like all this loaded crap. And it's not true. Like 
money is a great tool when used properly or when you have it, when you feel good about the way you have it. Yes. Oh, thank you. And I'm glad you clarified that because I completely agree. I think that, I mean, everyone should have a goal to make more money, right? I think if, if, if you're not improving, if you're not getting better in any area of life, but also in finances, then you're not progressing. You're not getting better. And so I think that should be a goal that everyone has is to, to make more money. And, but also along with that, find purpose and find fulfillment. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Thanks. Thanks for, for clarifying that. Um, so now it's the part for that transition. I mean, you're working in something, you're not feeling fulfilled. You're not feeling like this is the life for you, but now you're coaching people and you're, you're teaching them to find profit, purpose, and pleasure. I really liked those three points. Um, let's talk about each of them real quick. Uh, first of all, I mean, we've already talked a little bit about profit, but what are some of the things that you teach your clients, um, when it comes to profit? Well, my clients nowadays, it's from the same teaching that I did 13 years ago, but high profit when you're starting a business needs to be of utmost importance. You'd be shocked how many people I've seen and clients come to me after a year or maybe even two years of working on a business that was never going to be profitable. So Mm -hmm. before you even start an endeavor, you need to make sure that the skills that you're using and the people you want to serve, that it is profitable. You can do that with competitive analysis. Don't leave out the step. Don't just think that, oh my gosh, I love this idea and I'm going to make money from it. You have to do your research. I go about it systematically. So profit is really important. Like it's really extremely important if you want a sustainable business. I see people like starting these businesses online and they're just like, they haven't even launched them and I know they're going to be a disaster. Hmm. What what are some examples of maybe like a business that wouldn't be profitable? Something that that you probably shouldn't pursue. Okay, so I have I actually gently uh, messaged somebody about this, and I might get <laughs> some hate about it. But this woman was talking about her new business idea that she was in love with, and she wanted to serve. Now this is altruistic. She wanted to serve lower income households, providing I think like rental high end dresses, something along this line. And I said, this sounds like a wonderful passion project, but if you're talking about it to actually make profit and meet the goals that you want, then you're picking the wrong clientele because how are you're saying they're low income, they're not going to have the ability to pay you. So Mm -hmm. I would encourage you to use this as a passion project. And I encourage my really heart centered clients because they love to serve people in this manner to do that as a passion project. For instance, one of my clients, she wanted to serve small town women and help them go into leadership. But when we were breaking down her goals, these women, she told me their mortgages were like $600 a month. And she wanted to charge a minimum starting out of 500 a month for her coaching business. And I told her that that was low. I wanted her to move up to at least 1500 a month or a thousand. So we're talking the low end and it's almost the same as their mortgages. So we really delved into what is it that you truly want for your family? And that wasn't what she wanted. She didn't want to serve 20 clients to make ends meet. So we have her niche down into a higher end market. And she has a group that she leads for those small town leadership people that she does as a passion project 
project. Right. She does not charge them. She does that as a passion project. So she's giving back to the clientele that she felt called to. So I have a lot of heart-centered clients. I love them for that. And I don't allow them to make unprofitable businesses if it doesn't align for they truly want for their family. Mm -hmm. Wow. And that makes so much sense to me. I'll tell you, I'm one of those people. I'm one of those heart-centered people that just like to help others. I like to to be of service. And, And there's nothing wrong with a good passion project. Like, as long as you understand that that's what it is and the goal isn't to make a million dollars or anything. I think that passion projects can also be very great. Uh, Going back to fulfillment, right? You can get a lot of fulfillment from a passion project, but it may not be the best business idea. So that's super interesting. I guess on the opposite end of the spectrum, what are some examples of like a really profitable idea? One of my clients, she wanted to replace her corporate salary. And we just took the skills, we broke down all the skills that she did in her corporate job. And she loves automation. So we took her knowledge of automation, she was offering all the things she had been online trying to get her first client for almost a year and a half before we started working together. And we broke down her skills and her most profitable one using my profitability index and my 13 years of just being able to spot it. We niched her into just Dubsado. Dubsado is a specific software program. So this is how niched I am willing to go with my people. She trusted Mm me and she let go of like the 20 other things she was offering that was getting her nowhere. She didn't have a single client. She went straight into automating Dubsado and guess what? Boom. Within three weeks of our first call, she got her first paying client, client. Two weeks after that, her second, then her third, then she got her five and then she went on a waiting list and she's able to easily replace her corporate salary working four days a month. Yeah, a month. And this is the crazy part. When she first, like, I think it was her second client. She's like, Kat, I cannot believe people are paying me for this so much money because it's so easy. And I burst out laughing because I am like the most untech savvy person ever. I have no idea how to run CRMs. I have no knowledge of them. I outsource all that stuff. And I pointed out to her, no, it's easy for you. Your people are dropping the ball. They're, they've been trying to do it on yeah. their own. Her, her people are trying to do it on her own. She takes over it and she makes their life easy. And that's the perfect business. One that you find easy, that you have the skills in but people need it and you're taking away their pain because it is painful to be stuck in tech muck instead of serving your clients. Like if you're not tech savvy, like myself. So this Mm -hmm. is an example of taking one of your skills and niching it into a profitable business. And those of you are like, Oh, cat, that woman knew automation. So that's how she could do it. Let me tell you one of my first clients in the business, she learned how to make beautiful cakes from her mom. So she made beautiful cakes. So nothing to do with tech, systemizing anything. And her mom and sister both have celiac disease. So she had amazing gluten-free recipes. And we niched Mm. her down to baby showers and kids' birthday parties because people take allergies extremely seriously and will pay for them, especially on the coastal part of Southern California where she 
runs her business and they pay top dollar for her to cater those parties. And they're, they're like breathtakingly gorgeous. As a matter of fact, I hired her myself for my son's sixth birthday party for a blue vanilla creation that was like 14 layers. It was amazing. And it tasted so good, even though I'm not gluten-free and either is my son. It was so good. I ate it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner for like a week. No joke. I like wish I was joking, but I wasn't. I was 50 pounds. I couldn't bear to like throw it in the garbage. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Especially if it tastes so good. (laughs) It was so good. (laughs) That's awesome. So I guess what I'm seeing here is find a skill, right? Find something that you're good at, that you're naturally good at, but maybe other people aren't. Whether that's cooking or automation or... um, I, I don't know, whatever your skill is, think, think about what you're good at and then find a way to market that niche it, niche it down and market it to people who are willing to pay for it. That's exactly what I've been doing for 13 years. That's what my superpower is. And that's, you want to take a skill that's so natural and easy for you. You might've gotten it from a other job. You might've learned it from your mom. It might just come natural for you. And sometimes you're not able to see this. So that's a good time to ask your partner, your best friend, your, you know, your, your kids even, mm-hmm. and be shocked at how often you can parlay this into a profitable business as long as you match it with a clientele whose pain point you can truly solve. Like one of my most recent bootcamp clients, she has been doing music for 12 years, some kind of digital editing, and she was in the wrong business. So I've watched her flail for like a year before she was my client. She just signed up with me last month. And we now have her niche down into her true expertise. She was trying to do websites and her websites simply weren't up to snuff. I was truthful with her mm-hmm. about it. So she signed up for my bootcamp and we have her now editing podcasts. So here we are doing a podcast interview. She's using her master's in music, all her digital music experience. Instead of trying to create websites, which she learned in a course, she's now using the skill that she was told by other employers that that's not a profitable skill. So she could not in her own head pair it. And when we did our work together in my process and her profitability, she was like, cat, doll. I just had a call with her last night. She's like, I can't believe I didn't experience this. I go, no, this is very, very normal. It's so hard when you're the one with the skill to be able to have the levity to see where you can most profit from the skill where Mm -hmm. you can niche down into it, especially if you've been told you're never going to make money with your music skills. You're not going to make money with that. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's, it's easy for you, right? Like when you were saying with yeah. the Dubsado program, like she's like, it's so easy. And so it's hard to even know that you have a skill sometimes <laughs> because it's, it seems like, Oh, anybody could do this because I can do it. <laughs> but really there are so many skills that you might have that other people don't it makes perfect sense to me. I think that's awesome. Uh, I'm sure you would agree with me that if somebody told us we need our Dubsado set up tomorrow, we'd be like, what's Dubsado? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, when you said Dubsado, I had never heard of it. So I went and started Googling. <laughs> and I, hey, I'm a tech guy. Like, that's what I do. But oh. I've never heard of Dubsado before. Uh, so well, let me tell you, it's, it makes a lucrative business because people are really using uh, Dubsado for their CRM. <laughs> yeah, well. Maybe I'll have to learn to upside. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope you are enjoying this episode with Kat McLeod. I know that I am. It's pretty amazing to hear her story from where she was and where she is now. 
I just wanted to give a quick thank you to everyone who has left a review. We're going to give a shout out to Brandon Queen today. He left a review that says, As I listened to your last episode, I questioned the way I lead events and other various groups. Leadership is important, and more should learn how to be a successful leader. Thank you so much, Brandon. We appreciate your review and your feedback. If you haven't left us a review yet, please do so. It does help us tremendously. It especially helps us get great guests like Kat on the show. Thank you so much for all of your support, and let's get back to it. Okay, so we've talked about profit. Let's talk about the other two Ps. Let's go to purpose. And we've I, I guess we've already touched a little bit on this too, but you have to be doing something that fulfills you, that you have a purpose for. But um, let's dive a little deeper into purpose. Purpose to me is essential. Now, I did hear a podcast the other day and I laughed out loud when the guy said something like when people are like, oh, do something that fulfills you. You're talking to somebody that's rich. They're mm. already rich. Mm-hmm. So I found that really amusing. However, being one of the people who had a profitable business that wasn't purposeful, it is just a recipe for burnout. That mm-hmm. business is not going to sustain unless you feel like you want to sacrifice your happiness, your life, your whatever for money. And that's not sustainable. So I do believe feeling purposeful in your work, feeling some form of purpose or being able to help someone is an essential piece for a long lasting business. It just uh-huh. gives you that feel, that good feeling that makes you feel connected to people that you're helping people. So w- whatever that purpose is for you, it can look completely different for everyone. It like it's whatever feels good for you. It's basically you don't want to do a business that you feel bad about. Uh-huh. Makes sense. Makes perfect sense to me. And I think that, I mean, going back to what you were saying about, oh, if you're here, you need to have a purpose in your life, like you must be rich. I think that even if even if you're in a position where, like you're just working normal nine to five, it's it may not be paying a whole lot. Like you still have to find purpose. I, I think that like purpose is for everyone. And no matter where you are, without purpose, it's you're going to burn out. You're going to get tired. There's just not a a reason to keep going if you don't have purpose. And for me, that purpose is my family. That's my kids. That's my wife. And I mean, everyone just has to find whatever their purpose is or else what's the point, right? What's the point of continuing? What's the point of getting better? What's the point of improvement if there's not a purpose behind it? I agree with that. And speaking of a nine to five, you can make your nine to five purposeful to you because we've all encountered, let's just say, employees at a store. One of them has a big smile on their face. They they clearly take pride in their job. They mm-hmm. don't seem like they hate being there. And they're making their job purposeful by greeting you, by doing their best. And then at the, the same store, there will be a person who clearly hates their job, is counting down the minutes. We've all <laughs> felt this way. We've all seen it. Or you go into an establishment and everyone seems genuinely happy to be there versus an establishment where you they're like, Ugh. so you can make your where you're at purposeful. That mm-hmm. That's true. It is a mindset thing. And when you're doing a business, if you're starting out a business, why not make it purposeful from the start? Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And so let's talk about that third point, the pleasure. And I guess in my mind, I'm having a hard time understanding the difference between the purpose and the pleasure. Because I'm thinking, okay, well, if, if I'm fulfilled, if I have purpose, 
then I'll enjoy it, right? And maybe maybe I'm understanding it wrong, but I guess what's what's that third point about? Okay, so pleasure is a missing point in almost every regular business that I've encountered because people don't think valuing fun and pleasure is important. And Mm -hmm. I am here to tell you that it can catapult your business into success. When I did my first launch, I did for my group program, I did most of my promos from the beach while Mm -hmm. I was doing cartwheels on the beach. I do it from a pleasure point and it just infuses that fun energy into my business that makes me feel fun with my, my, my business. And it attracts people who want to bring in that fun in their life. And what I always tell people is you don't need to wait for fun. So many Mm -hmm. people go, when XYZ happens, then XYZ. So a lot of my clients in my last group program, they were like, when I have an established business, then I'll take my son on vacation. When I get my next client, then I'll go to the spot. Now I Mm -hmm. understand that that's a monetary thing, but it's also mentality thing. So what I did to start was start having them infuse fun now. So that looked as easy as doing a five minute dance party. That looked as easy as instead of waiting to go to the spa, doing a spa day at home with a mask. And you'd be shocked that everyone's energy changed. And that change in energy, that emphasis on fun and enjoying life, that reawakened these these participants. It, mm-hmm. One of them looked 20 years younger. Wow. She was Wait, she realized that her husband and her were so freaking serious with their son. And he came home every day to a serious mom trying to launch her business, a serious dad doing his own thing. And he was just left on his own. And this is, he's nine now. He's going to be at the age soon where friends are more important. He wanted to spend time with them. So I had her homework, nothing to do with work, but it was about work. I had her homework be have fun with your family. That could look like making cookie dough for dinner and eating it with your hands. Yes, I suggest. (laughs) Yes, I practice this. And you should see the change in her. And guess what? When she brought this energy to her clients, they were magnetized to her. They were Mm -hmm. so, who do you want to work with? Somebody that is going to be low energy and be blah or somebody radiant because they infuse fun in their life now. They're not living life on the layaway plan. They're living life now. So you can infuse that fun today. Like so many people are on that layaway plan. They're like, oh, cat, it's so easy for you to talk about. You're living in your beach house or you have a happy marriage and all that. Look, listen, buddy, I created this life. You heard I came from a really bleak first part of my life. And through a lot of trial and error, messy and sloppy, I added this in. And I'm telling you (laughs) from where I'm standing now, you can start adding in this pleasure into your life right now. You can do it this minute. You can stop this podcast and go back to it. And (laughs) something really fun. You could do something silly. You can go turn a cartwheel as long as you're not going to go break a bone doing it. And you would be shocked at the change in your energy doing that. Before Mm -hmm. I write or do promos or talk to a client, I usually do some kind of either journaling or some kind of dance party. And another huge key to success, and this really does help make business success, is to celebrate every single step a win. So like, let's just say you're just starting a business, you 
share your first post about it. You jump up and down. You you got to mm-hmm. detach from results. This is really hard. You have to, the more you can detach results, the greater your results will be. It sounds like so counterintuitive, but yeah. when I have had people work with me who are so clingy, desperate, like needy for people to sign up with them, people can feel that energy yeah. and it them when I move them into feeling pleasure and feeling like good no matter what and feeling great and then putting their stuff out there putting their offers out there and then releasing results you'd be so surprised at how much easier it is to attract people to your business keep them in the long run and how good you'll feel doesn't matter what the results are in your business if you feel like crap mm-hmm. if you feel good, you're going to get better results and you're going to feel good. Your family life is going to be happier. So like the client I was just talking about in my January boot camp, in the long run, is she going to be better off because she has more money and she was able to sign clients from our boot camp? I mean, yes, that does have an impact on her life or is the greater impact that she has stopped waiting to have fun with her family and they have been doing family things several times a week now that they had lost while seriously trying to launch a business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I love it. I love it. love it. As soon as we're done recording this podcast, I'm going to go upstairs and have a dance party with my daughter. <laughs> Absolutely. And you can see, I can see from your face that that's lighting you up, right? And it she's going to always remember that. She's mm-hmm. not going to remember daddy did this and he made this, he got a new client and made this extra money. And then I was able to get, no, she's going to remember my dad out of nowhere would turn on music and we'd have a crazy dance party. Yep. Wow. I, I love it. And honestly, those three things, I can see how that's so important. Profit, purpose, and pleasure. And to all of you out there, I mean, we basically just got a free consultation from Kat. Like, <laughs> go and do these things. Like, this is going to make your business better. This is going to make you better as a person, even if you don't have a business. Uh, thank you so much, Kat. Um, do you have any other advice or anything that you think would help people be successful before we kind of wrap things up here? Yeah, the biggest determining factor on success is deciding on success, not wishing, hoping, waiting, wanting, blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah about it. You decide on success and you do what it's going to take. And what it takes is being willing to fail, letting it be messy, letting it be all those things and get help. Really get help. It's the easiest shortcut to success. So make that happen. On my website, I have the four key steps to mm-hmm. starting a successful high profit business available for free for any listener that just needs those four key steps that we didn't go over so that you mm-hmm. start off your business on the right foot. And you can find me at sahmentrepreneur.com, stayathomemomentrepreneur.com, S-A-H-M, entrepreneur. And I look forward to connecting with you. Well, thank you so much. And to get that free four steps, do they just go to the website and is there a button or is there a specific URL they have to go to? They can just go right to the site and they will be able to access that training. Perfect. And is there any other places online that you'd like people to connect with you? I don't know. Do you have a LinkedIn or Instagram or anything like that? Or is the website the best place? I run my own Facebook group. And when you sign up for the training, you'll be given a link to join my Facebook group. And I'm in that daily, pretty much daily. 
giving free training advice. Uh, right now, I'm doing fun February. So <laughs> my five-day challenge is all about infusing fun into your life now because fun does result in more business. I uh -huh. promise you. I know it can sound crazy, but this is the way you can really move into fun, pleasure your own skills, and rock a really successful business. As a matter of fact, I truly believe it's going to make you more likely to be successful and more likely to love what you do and be able to get paid higher amounts of money because people love people who are having fun in their life, living dream lives and creating success. Awesome. Mic drop. <laughs> thank you so much, Kat. I mean, I've had fun. Just this conversation has been fun for me. So thank you so much for being here. Thanks for being on Success Quest. Uh, I've learned so much and I've gained so much value. So thank you so much. Go have a great dance party with your daughter. I will. Thank you. Take care. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to Success Quest this week. I hope you were able to learn a lot from that episode. I know I did. I'm going to be going and implementing those three P's in my life. I'm going to start rethinking my, my business and how I make profit and also trying to get more purpose in my life and having more fun. I, I think that all of those things that Kathy that Kat talked about in this episode are just so important. We're going to leave you with one invitation today, and that invitation is to share this episode with someone. Go ahead and just take a screenshot right now and send it to a friend or family member that may need it. Thank you so much for listening, and have a successful day. Thank you.